Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Rick's Reviews. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And it's been a while. Yeah, we're, we're back. It's been a while. What are you... We've been, uh, we've been slow cooking our uh, takes in a crock pot for we, about a month now. It's our, you know, the summer season's our off season, and we've been just yeah. letting all of them pile up until we get to a, just a avalanche. Well, I've take had a avalanche. lot of provocative thoughts about the San Diego Padres over the past month. Give it to me right now. Well, it wouldn't be appropriate to share them now since it's a little bit late. They're really more like early August thoughts. Mid-August thoughts. Not really late August thoughts. Okay, that's fair. Can you believe it's mid-August? Or, well, Jesus Christ, late August right now, by the way? Sunday is September. That does not seem to make any sense. This month just like flew by. The summer honestly flew by. And actually, you just saw, uh, we were just talking about it, you witnessed a very cool summer thing, your first ever uh, MLB walk-off in person. That's right. I already forgot. Riveting matchups. Well, it was wild, though, because the Pirates, it was not a very, it was the Pirates on the Reds, so bad matchup, but, Ooh. you know, I was in Pittsburgh. I haven't seen an MLB game yet this year, and uh, good pitching matchup, I guess, or two bad offenses. Who's to say? And it was 2-1 Reds going into the ninth, and the Pirates had, like, three hits all game, and they get four straight singles and one. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. I mean, that is cool. Even though it's two like lower level teams, that's awesome to be able to see. Yeah. That. It remind when you told me about it, it reminded me of um, on our senior class, senior of high school class trip. We went to Chicago and we went to a Bulls game. Right. It was Bulls Raptors and Derrick Rose. Then- was, the Bulls were the best team. The Bulls the were really the good. Were bad. Yes, different time. Derrick Rose was not playing though at this point, uh, so it was a uh, it was pretty slim pickings. I mean, you know, you had Carlos Boozer and Lou Aldang and everything, which was cool at the time, but uh, it was pretty underwhelming. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Joe Kim Noah got thrown out of that game. Was it that one? I don't know, maybe. But I remember it though because of the fact that there was a buzzer beater in that game too, and it was like kind of just like a nonsense one. Oh, was it CJ Watson? Was, I think I thought it was actually Lou Aldang. I could oh, be wrong. Cool. But yeah, it was yeah, against Dang the was Raptors. Good until and... The Bulls almost killed him. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mistake. That'll Oops. change a man. <laughs> Oops. And he wanted to play for other teams. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I guess it's almost time uh, if we want to start with this one for the yeah. other bad sport we like. Oh, the the best bad sport. Yeah, the sport that people love to play so much they quit it in their twenties, making millions of dollars. <laughs> Footyball. Uh, so the American kind. What do you make of this team we got here? And it's about to start. It's wild. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Literally, like ten. It's about uh, to happen. Twelve days away. So, yeah, whatever or it is. At this Eleven point. days away. Yep. But the time people listen to this podcast, it'll be just over a week away. Who knows? Who's wow. to say when people listen to this podcast? Who knows? To be honest, yeah. But yeah, the uh, the Buffalo Bills are back. Are they back? Ah, uh, all right. So. I have conflicting thoughts about the Bills. 3-0, and baby. Yeah, oh, my God. Undefeated preseason on so, the horizon. So, I, I feel like, like most people in Buffalo, am optimistic for the upcoming season. However, I feel like, unlike most people, my version of optimistic is a lot different than other people's version of optimistic. Um, I'm optimistic I'm, that a season will happen. That's true. That's true. So, what I mean by that, though, is that my optimism is it differs from I think a good chunk of the of the rest of the fan base in that the rest of the fan base is like 
Playoffs, baby. 12 and 4. Like, it's happening. Josh Allen is going to lead us to the promised land. Like, it's going down. I'm not there yet. What I. <laughs> not there no, yet. No. Not no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I'm not there for. Well, this is awkward. Yeah, right. Uh, I no. Where my 12 and 4 shit over <laughs> here. There, but really, though, there are people who are oh, like, are. who think that they're going to go and win the division, and Josh Allen is going to be like incredible. And like, what I, where, where my optimism comes from and where this all differs is that I am more optimistic about Josh Allen right now as compared to where I was optimistic about him a year ago. Um, obviously, that on the surface, that sounds like, well, that's obvious. You know, he's a year into his career and everything, whatever. But I am optimistic of the fact that I think that he could maybe put together a we'll call it a respectable season. I don't think he's going to blow the doors off like everybody is kind of like hoping that he does. But like, I think he could be kind of decent. I think that with the improvements that they made to the offensive line in the offseason, I think the improvements that they made uh, at the receiver position, um, I think that those are two key things that are going to go a long way to helping him. Um, our running backs are pretty much, you know, still very old with the exception of Devin Singletary. And my hope for that is that Devin Singletary by like halfway through the season is going to take over the starting job. Um, that's who though? That's the question. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say like, I don't know. I feel like I would be happy with this bill season if Josh Allen by December makes me feel like we actually have a legitimate quarterback who is going to be here for more than like the next two years. Uh, and if we're like actually legitimately in the playoff conversation and looking good, like not like a fluky, like, you know, we're 500 and in the hunt, like. You know, if we're at least there and we're showing progress and signs of life, I think the defense is going to be elite. I think it's going to, I mean, they, they have a really, really great defense. Um, and, you know, I think that we've had some pleasant surprises at cornerback. Obviously, the whole EJ Gaines thing backfired a bit, but I still think that, um, you know, you could still, like, get something out of that second cornerback slot uh, and, and the third slot, for that matter, after, after Trey. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say like, I don't know, I'd be happy if they, if they go nine and seven this year and they look legitimately like a team that's trending towards where the NFL is going, which is like a passing team, then I'll feel pretty happy about that. Um, I don't know. I guess that's where I'm at. What, what about you? Where, where, where are you at with this bill season? Well, who knows? Who's to say? I, I, and I should also say quickly one, I didn't mean to interrupt, but one last thing is that I, I feel like my optimistic Outlook on the season isn't necessarily how I feel the season's gonna go, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Well, no, 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 no. Like, no, I, you're, you're, what, you want to be optimistic, but you. I want to be optimistic. Saying in you that's man, maybe this might not be like. That's this. exactly it. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel, I feel like there are reasons to be optimistic with this team, right. and what I would like to see them happen, what I would feel good about, like I said. Is a nine and seven season where you know I would be ecstatic, even if we missed the playoffs. If Allen actually like shows real progression and really shows that he could be like a passing quarterback in this league while still utilizing his legs for what it's worth. Singletary actually like steps up and takes over the job. Um, and, you know, they just look like they actually are like a team that's not just like stuck in the past 20 years and is really going to rely on a, a running game with old running backs that do the job. What I think is probably going to happen though, I think Allen will probably be unbelievably, like he'll probably be I don't know. Maybe he'll be average with like flashes of excitement and everything. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of well, people. It'd be good if he was average. Yeah, I, I yeah. think just like a lot of people are too. 
too far on the Josh Allen hype train, and I don't say that as a hater. I say that as somebody who is realistically looking at what he did last year and who he is and his shortcomings, and I don't know. Yeah, Brendan says he's not a hater, but he's dressed in like a Silky Johnson purple suit. <laughs> and he just told I me my, my t-shirt is bombed out and depleted. So, <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, I talked for a while. Well, so, okay, the one thing that gives me uh, optimism, two things. First of all, the defense. And you brought up the defense. No, good and bad at the defense. Good. They're bringing back 10 starters, mm-hmm. and the one starter isn't coming back as Kyle Williams is being replaced by Ed Oliver, who's looked really good in the preseason, really good. who everyone liked in the draft, who pr- might be an upgrade on 2018 Kyle Williams, you know? So that would be huge, because then, you know, the defense was good last year, although the defense was inconsistent. Now, that's one of the bad mm-hmm. things. Right. The defense got torn apart, like, by the Colts. That's a good example. Um, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, geez, poor Colts. <laughs> we'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, against the Patriots, kind of, the second time around. Mm-hmm. There's a few games, especially the first two games of the year, or the first six quarters of the year, we'll say, where the defense was just getting run over. Now, there's times during the year where that was a huge problem. Uh, however, most of the time the defense was good, and overall it was pretty good, and the defense has played above its talent level for most of McDermott's time here, and now it's actually pretty talented at all three levels. So Absolutely. That's, yeah, positive thing. Negative thing, defenses are super inconsistent in the NFL, even when they retain guys. Right. Uh, you might look at the 2015 Bills and 2016 Bills and say, like, oh, yeah, Rex Ryan ruined both those defenses. And he did, but there was no guarantee those defenses were going to get anyway because of talented defenses all the time, either because of injuries. The Bills were not that injured last year in defense. They are relatively healthy. Or due to just general inconsistency, uh, I don't, I and their ability to force turnovers, which is oftentimes well, that, that, straight up luck. That's huge too. But there's also beyond that. This is a weird phenomenon in the NFL where good offenses do tend to be consistent. So if you can, you might, you'd rather build your team around a quarterback, which is why everyone does that. And it's not just because things change uh, quickly for defensive players in the NFL. It's just a phenomenon that I can't really explain, but it exists. However, they're really talented. They were good last year. They should be good. So. That's one reason for optimism. Reason for optimism number two. I'm just going to read you off a couple uh, old uh, dates on this schedule. Uh, or, excuse me, opponents. The Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Br- mm. the Dolphins again, <laughs> the Broncos, and the Jets again. That is a lot of teams that are... Very winnable games. Yeah, and who knows? Some of those teams might end up being good. There's always teams you don't expect to be good. And teams you what thought, if like Joe Flacco ends up being like? Oh, that's not one of the things I was talking about. But there's always teams. My, oh, my was say is what if Sam Darnold's good? Maybe what if he makes loop people thought Allen? Yeah, like? that's true. Yeah. So uh, I have every. I honestly, I think he. I mean, just a quick off thing, but I, I think he will be. I think. I mean, yeah. I know like the Jets obviously aren't. Their receiving corpse is pretty. Nah. I mean, and they, and they have Le'Veon, but like, I don't know. I think Darnold's like a real deal guy, like talent. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's another interesting thing we talk about with Allen. I didn't. I just found it recently, like via your standard ESPN fantasy stuff. Allen was the number one fantasy quarterback over the last five weeks last season, which is stunning to wow. me. But that kind of makes sense because of that Week Seventeen game where the Dolphins were all, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to get out of Gase fired and all, all that. All dolphining. Yeah, uh, and then I believe in the month of December, Sam Darnold had the best quarterback rating in the NFL, mm-hmm. which, hey, yeah. good for him. Uh, at the same time, Baker Mayfield had an incredible last two months of the season. Was legit, very good. Yeah. Uh, seems like he's gonna be a superstar. And Lamar Jackson was leading the Ravens in the playoffs. Uh, now here's the thing: there was a fifth rookie drafted last year. His name is also Josh, mm-hmm. and he plays in the Bills division now. 
Or will he? Or will he? Uh, yeah, I think he... What, do you think they'll, like, move him again or cut him? No. I think they might start Fitz. Now, we all know Fitz isn't starting 16 games. Not anymore. Well... But will the Bills see Josh Rosen this year? When was, When's the last group? Miami game? Well, let's see. What? Uh... November 17th. I think, Ro- I, I mean, at the this... The first one's October 20th, so I, what do you think? Maybe they don't see Fitz? Maybe Fitz is done by then? I, I mean, yeah. I would say, like, from the very limited amount that I've been following the Dolphins, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know that there's been, like, oh, like, is Fitz going to win it? But, like, what do you... Well, his coach said he's... What do you have? Jo- it's his job to lose, but... That's what I mean. I don't know. Like, Rosen, like, hasn't been, like... Didn't he have his second preseason game was like really good, and I know obviously yeah. it's the preseason, but he was like killing. Well, it's in that encouraging because he hasn't really done anything else that's encouraging. And well, a tough situation to his defense year, too, yeah. though. I mean, that Arizona team last year, you pretty much could have put up like five pylons, and that would have been a as like equivalent of an offensive line. Like that right. offensive line was atrocious. Like yes. we thought we had it. Like that was a like generationally bad offensive line last yeah, year. And, you know, bad offensive coordinator. And a bad, yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. He, his second half of the year, it was, well, his first half of the year was Mike McCoy, who gotten fired three years in a row now. Right. Second half of the year was Byron Leftwich, who I don't think he'd ever called plays before. Yeah. Well, Rosen was the one, I think, a lot of Bills fans kind of had their eye on. I wanted him, I'll admit that. The closer it got to the draft, uh, it seemed like Mayfield was going to be number one, so mm-hmm. that was kind of off the table. Darnold was definitely going to go, like, in the top three because the Jets traded up, so you kind of knew that a well, quarterback was going to go there. We were trying to see if the Jets were going to go for Rosen or Darnold. Yeah, um, I feel like at that, I feel like once we got close, though, it was pretty well determined that Rosen was going to fall because then, wasn't yeah, it, it that... Because the draft, people... Because it got screwed up because, what, didn't Cle- Cleveland took somebody that, like, kind of, like... People thought Cleveland was going to trade out the fourth spot. Right, and then they didn't, and then that kind of led to, like, Denver switching gears and everything because they were potentially going to take a quarterback at the time, and... Yeah, well, they were all South Paxton Lynch, so I can see why they did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that that brings me to a point, though. So we have three of these quarterbacks are in the same division now, and also, obviously, Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who? Yeah. (laughs) And we both think Darnold might be something, but, yeah, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Do we think... Are we scared of Rosen at all? Are we happy he's in the division? What's going on here? I'm optimistic about Rosen still, and the reason for that is, is like, he has moments where you watch him, like, place a ball, and you're like, wow, like, that's not an average, like, the average quarterback cannot make that throw, Um, and I think that, as compared to, like, bad quarterbacks, they don't have those moments where you're like, holy shit, what a throw that was. Whereas with Rosen, when I I'm not going to try and sit here and say that I'm studying hours of film on Josh Rosen Rosen with the Cardinals, but I've seen a good amount of highlights, and I you know, and like even seeing him in college, but more so even just like his time with like the Cardinals last year, like he had moments and like particular drives where it was kind of like this guy, if he can put it together and be in a good situation, he could be legit. Like he has the tools to do it. Um, now. At the same time, though, he's in Miami, and like, I don't know, I don't exactly have like a ton of optimism about like the Dolphins and their ability to run like a competent offense. Um, yeah. So like, I don't really know oh, if I have. Haven't it. done it for two decades. Yeah, pretty much. Oh man. So that's kind of this where guy, I'm at, like a crossroads with it. Like, I do, I, I think that 
for the amount of people, and I know Allen had a great had a had a solid finish numbers wise to his end of his year last year, and like I remain optimistic about him. But there's a lot of people who are very overly optimistic about Allen and oh. saying that his shortcomings are because he's young and he's got to learn and he needs time and he only has one season. But when it comes to Josh Rosen, they're completely fine saying, "Oh well, he sucks and it was a huge mistake that or you know like he shouldn't even have gone where he went." And I'm glad that we passed on him and everything. And it's like, well. You kind of got to have that energy for both. I mean, they're both top ten picks. Right, so. and I don't think Allen's even... To, to Allen's credit, he did have a better rookie year than Rosen. That, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's more comparable to Lamar Jackson, who had a better rookie year than Allen. Mm-hmm. Didn't start as many games. But I think a lot of Bills fans are, like, thinking that Allen will obviously be better. I don't really see the Evans. So there's a couple things that... There's problems I have with the Allen discourse. First of all... Just getting this one out of the way. When you see him signing autographs, that's nice. It has nothing to do with him being a quarterback. And it's also something a lot of players do. Mm -hmm. Some players don't do it, obviously. But we've all been there. We haven't all been there, obviously. But I've I've been there at training camp a few times. A lot of players stop and signing autographs. You know, Allen probably has more of a crowd of people than anyone the Bills have had in a long time, I assume. Uh, But that, you know, that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that uh, he's different than a lot of these. Like, I've never seen that Bill get credit for, like, all the autographs he signed. I know, I know. It's, it's bizarre. And yeah, he has a good attitude, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. He's a good leader, but like being a good leader doesn't mean that it, that is right. reflective of your right. of your play. And like, stop, yeah, every time that happens, and the media guys that do this, you got to stop. It's it's clickbait, not clickbait necessarily, that's not what clickbait means. Don't forget I said that. It's retweet bait. Yeah. It's, it's Murphia bait. No, yeah, the, it the, makes the sense. Murphia is going to come in, Mafia, some of you call it, and just be like, oh, look at the, you know, you're really just trying to get quote tweeted by like 300 Bills Mafia uh, psychos who yeah. just cannot get enough of like this guy signing autographs. And the people doing that, what are you doing? Enjoy your summer. Stop doing things like that. Mm-hmm. Stop it. I would love to go back, and I'm you're not. so thirsty. I, I'm not comparing them or their skill sets by any means, but like. I'd love to go back and see when we drafted EJ how many people, you know, I'm sure EJ was signing autographs too and people were like, this guy, you know, like, oh my well, God. People definitely try to talk to into EJ, but I think Allen is a little bit of a uh, different case. You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like the same premise applies though, where it's like, just because, again, it's like, he people are just making such a fuss about him and it's like awesome. It is cool and it seems like he does have like, you know, like a good command in the locker room. And that stuff is important, I guess. Like a, like the inner locker room stuff, the, the autograph signing stuff, I don't really care about as much. But like, it's. I feel like people are just getting way too far ahead of themselves, which is exactly what we said after they drafted him too, that people are getting way too ahead of themselves with this. Yeah. And like the other thing too, that I feel like a lot of people who are Josh Allen stands like have a problem comprehending is that like, People who aren't up his ass, that does not mean that we're rooting for him to fail. I want Josh Allen to be good so bad because I want the Bills to be good so that I don't have to feel like shit when I watch a football game for the like the rest of my life as yeah. I have for the past 25 years. Yeah, so that would be really nice if he was good. But uh, I should say there's a second problem I have with the discourse, which is only Sorry, a, yeah. a few times. But I saw a couple people, especially one person today, uh, referred to him as a winner, quote-unquote. Which, like, so... Oh, my... I don't, I don't like that being attributed in general. I don't think it's really true. Like, if you go to, let's say, A.J. McCarron, uh, A.J. McCarron had an unbelievable college record. He did happen to play quarterback at Alabama. Mm-hmm. And everyone who's played quarterback there, besides probably John Parker Wilson in the Saban era, 
has an unbelievable record. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably won upwards of 90% of the games because Alabama wins 90% of their games. And McCarron won two national championships. Probably lost a total of three or four games his whole time in college. I think he lost four. I remember the four exactly. Noted winner Greg McElroy, of course. We McElroy, all know. Yes, Big McElroy. winner. <laughs> and obviously McCarron was terrible in the NFL. Uh, but there's these guys sometimes that get the winner moniker, right? And it's not fair. It's not, it's not, it's, it's ridiculous because it's, it's basically dependent on if you went to a good college or not and how good that college was at football and how good your class was compared to another class. Uh, where now look at Josh Hanlon. What do you mean? What do you mean he's a winner? He, he's, like half he his was not race. good in college. Like, I mean, obviously he has the intangibles, but like. His team didn't win. What, what, yeah, like, he, his mean? team didn't yeah. win for one, and also like even it wasn't even like he was like taking over games. He was like the sixth best quarterback in his conference statistically. And I know stats aren't everything, but like it's a bad conference. you should be dominating if you play for Wyoming and the the quality of competition you're going up against. Yeah, we've already talked about all this before, but how can you call him one or he doesn't isn't one? And obviously, it's not even a good term anyway. But at least if you're going to use it, like I don't know, try to use the language we all agreed upon. Mm-hmm. We all agreed what these words mean, so. Don't don't fuck it up. Yep. Could not Stop agree doing more. stuff like that. Uh, so I would also say though, like it's going to be interesting on offense uh, to see what they do with the running back situation. That's I guess. Yeah, I'm a, very interested. To see they how that's they really play. have not shown their cards at all, and it's not clear <laughs> that they would do a trade or whatever because it, it does. It seems like McCoy would be the odd man out. And it seems like, if I had to guess, Christian Wade would be going to the practice squad because they can use that international. Uh, yeah, he automatically. They don't have to risk like losing him, right? Or is it if he? No, goes, they do, well, they don't have to use one of their regular spots on. There's a special spot just for international okay. guys that you can only use on them. So but somebody Wade, else could pick him up, though, right? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure on okay. that. I would assume so. Anyways, but so, I don't go think ahead. they're that worried about it. He's just the guy they would like to keep around. Right. Uh, at the same time, I think they like to keep around Tyree Jackson. I agree on both. Yeah, I think they should yeah. keep them both. To be honest. Um. But yeah, in the in the running back game, then I think you're looking at starting the year with Frank Gore, Singletary, and Yeldon. Yeldon's still good and young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's only 20. Good might be a stretch, but he's young. He's young and he's been okay. Yeah, yeah, he's been all right. I mean, yeah, he's better than Frank Gore was last year. I mean, Frank Gore's fine, but yeah. Anyway, though, so I mean, what do you think? I mean, do so you I, foresee I, Singletary taking over the job this season? I, I don't know. I I I mean. It sounds like a cop-out to say it, but like, if, if Yeldon and Gore aren't good, I guess. But I can see them using all three. Yeah. They've used, even with McCoy there, like a, a decent number of running backs. And I don't know, it seems like NFL teams these days don't really like have a quote-unquote starting running back. Mm-hmm. Even though the Bills tried to really do push that with McCoy for a couple of years. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think they're going to try to pass a little bit more this year. Obviously, Allen will run, but they don't really call design runs for Allen. At least they didn't last right. year. Right. Uh, but I I will I say think, uh, to I think that, they're going to like Gore though I think they're going to want to keep him around. I agree with that. I was just going to say to that point on Allen too. Obviously, designed runs would be nice, but I'm more so concerned about not necessarily concerned, but I think a bigger thing for me is like I would much rather them make sure that they're like, all right, hey, if like things break down, go like take off. Like yeah. I don't want them to like get it in his head that he has to like sit in the pocket because he's dangerous when he gets out of the pocket like he's good and he's yeah. elusive too so like he could move but i just like i don't know i want him to not be afraid of running if like something breaks down right you know and like right. he could take off because i think there are a lot of teams like there are like coaches who have that mindset where it's like no you have to, like we you're a pocket quarterback stay in the pocket you know and i think right. it's something that 
Yeah, that's a great point because yeah. uh, Alan last year, what really coincided with him becoming a fantasy monster was him deciding to get out of the pocket all the mm-hmm. time and run. And he ran for 100 yards two games in a row and I think 90 in another one. He ran for a bunch in week 17. He's a dangerous runner. He might be as, as dangerous as a runner as there is in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a good exa- another good comparison with him and Lamar Jackson is that the Ravens, for whatever reason, call an absolute ton of design runs for Lamar Jackson. It's not something that anyone's done with a quarterback pretty much in NFL history. Mm-hmm. I think he broke the rushing attempts record for quarterbacks last year, which adds an interesting wrinkle to the offense. The Bills, on the other hand, barely called any for Allen, and basically they all relied on him scrambling. Uh, now, you could say there's a lot of reasons he had to scramble last year due to the offensive line or due to the lack of receiving options or because of inexperience, uh, but it worked. So when I hear people say, Alan, oh, he just has to not run as much. Like, no, he's run. He needs Things to run. Things run really well when yeah. he ran. Yeah, it's good if he's going to run. Yeah, I agree do it. People say it won't last forever, but he's like 24. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll be he'll be fine in that regard. Uh, and he's bigger than most people, so he shouldn't have a problem, you know, taking a hit. Uh, and he, when he gets out of the pocket, he usually has a good nose for the first down mark. And that's big. Because he did not have that same kind of, I feel like, uh, intuition or field sense when mm-hmm. it comes to throwing on third down sometimes. Or throwing in general. Like, we all saw that terrible across-the-body throw in the third preseason game this year he made. Right. It got negated by a penalty, but still. So, him, he, he is a real asset as a runner. He's not like Tim Tebow that can only run or whatever. But he's that's a real asset that he has that most teams don't have. And most teams, most defenses won't be able to deal with. Right. I think they'll have a better idea uh, of what Allen is this year and how to stop him, but I don't think they're going to be able to necessarily slow him down running-wise that much. Mm-hmm. I agree. So use it. I guess my whole, yeah, what it comes down to for me with, with Allen, like my outlook on him, and this is more so, I guess, generally for the Bills as a whole, but like I'm not going to trust or go out on a limb and be like, oh, he's going to be good this year or the Bills are going to be good this year in the same way that I don't say, oh, this is the year that Tom Brady's really going to fall off the shelf. Because you will year. constantly get disappointed. And until I see it happen, I'm not going to say it. And so, like, I'm all about going into it and having optimism for this season. And I'm excited for football to be back. Like, it's fun. It gives us something to talk about that's really exciting. But at the end of the day, in the same way that Tom Brady has crushed our souls, this team has also done that. Time and time again. And they are honestly, I mean, granted, I don't have a, like, I'm not going to say I have an intense knowledge of every single sport, like, major force, like, sports, like, franchise. I cannot think of another franchise that is as good as selling hope as the Buffalo Bills have been for the past 20 years. And I am not going to let myself fall into the trap of just assuming they're going to be good because I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of people right now who are so hyped up about them. And if they end up being bad this year, it is going to be a miserable season. Like more than usual because of the optimism. So now looking at the AFC and this is what we're talking about with the playoff picture, Mm -hmm. uh, AFC South team, technically one of them has to win the division and go to the playoffs. We'll say it's Houston, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I Houston went like eleven and five last year. Right. Right. So yeah, whatever. So Houston, well, it doesn't matter. One of them. In the West, we'll have Kansas City. We agree, Kansas City's yeah, back in the playoffs. Definitely. Uh, and in the East, we agree the Patriots are in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's three of them. And a North team has to win. Who do you think it is? 
Well, we'll just call it the North team, right? For now. I mean, I would even, yeah, probably uh, Pittsburgh. I mean. Oh, really? I, I think, th- I, I do. I mean, obviously, like, losing Brown is big, but, like, you know, you have, like, James Conner is good. Like, I don't think last season was a fluke. I think you're going to get Big Ben back. You do think last season was a fluke. What? For the, oh, for not for Connor, for the Steelers. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying for James Connor, yeah, for I Connor. don't think that last yeah. season was a fluke. Like, I legitimately think that he's good. Um, they have a really good offensive line, you know, like, I don't know. I think, I think that, I think that they can. Why? Who do you think would come out of the North? Oh, Baltimore did last year. So maybe. Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess it just depends on Lamar Jackson. Like, that's the other thing too, is that like, I don't want to like say like Lamar Jackson definitely is going to be good. Like, it's the same thing with Allen. Like, I want them both to be good. I would love to see them both be good, but there's yeah. just like a lot of unknown there. I right. Guess. So I guess my problem here with the Bills making the playoffs is you have, uh, you're looking at the Chargers. They made the playoffs last year. They were twelve and four last year. Yeah, I honestly, they, well, they've had injury. I mean, they've they had, had injuries, big yes. injuries, and that so their defense. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I mean, and so yeah. that's going to be tough. And also, you don't know what the hell's going to happen with Melvin Gordon at this point either. Um, the fall off. So uh, we assume the Bills aren't winning the division. So it'll be fighting for the wild card with the the obvious ones would be Baltimore and Cleveland. Hell, you know what? I actually take it back. I actually think that Cleveland... I forgot about Cleveland. I think they'll probably win the North. Oh, okay. So then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Tennessee has been 9-7 and seven, three years in a row, so you got to figure they'll be at least be around they'll there. They'll be around, yeah. The Colts. Andrew Luck going... Think? Andrew Luck retiring. Obviously, like, sucks for them. Good for him, though. That's a completely different conversation. Anybody... Those people who booed him are the, like, biggest assholes in the entire... Like indescribable like i'm sorry he was literally the dude who made you guys feel like all right we'll be good after peyton fucking manning left those people suck anyways though jacoby Brissett though like is not bad like he could be good he's young and like he's shown that like he's, he's not a bad backup yeah he's he's he, shown that he could be competent back there i mean yeah again like you you alluded to it before like the thing with the nfl is like average quarterback play and good other stuff Gets you in the playoffs. Gets you to a Super Bowl. Literally, though, yeah. We saw it last year. Absolutely. We we saw it last year. Absolutely. Look at how far they went with a quarterback who uh, just poops his pants whenever uh, a defense switches within the last 10 seconds before he snaps the ball. I know, yeah. Oh, hey, we're going to move around a little bit. I know. It's going to ruin this guy who threw for 4,600 yards. That's exactly. That's all you need. Good coaching. mm -hmm. Good talent. Good scheme. I know. Good I enough mean, quarterback. Yeah, I'm into. That's actually speaking. Of, I am very interested to see what's going to go on with the Rams this year. They'll be good again. A lot. Of, I know they'll be good, but well, maybe like, people figure them out. Like they figured out the uh, '85 Bears. I don't know if people are. I, I guess more. Well, my question is more so: Are one? What? How is Todd Gurley going to be like when he comes? Uh-huh. That's that is the pivotal thing. Man. And then also too, is Goff going to take a step? You know, like forward yeah oh i think he takes a big step back statistically okay at least interesting yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't disagree with you because of everything that you said before about him i mean everything yeah. that you criticized well, him for is... my main thing is he taking a step forward statistically which is not necessarily what you're talking about but to do that he threw 4600 yards 36 touchdowns last year yeah you know what i mean though. yeah not like uh, he he stinks not good quarterback he's fine he's average yeah he's, he's average. not first overall he's, he's pretty good bad. he's he's fine but I mean... uh his playoff numbers would give me pause I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Not even just in the Super Bowl. Well, also, too, though, I mean, it's not like he, you know, has a ton of playoff experience. I mean, no, that four was, games. That, you know, that's his first run. Second. 
they make it the year before? Mm-hmm. What, they lose in the first round, though? Right? Upset. Okay, right. So, and... Uh, he, I forgot how long he's been in the league. That's right. Yeah, then. three years now, yeah. Right. His playoff numbers, 83 for 51. So that's 55 completion percentage. 971 yards. That's 6.4 yards in attempts. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been sacked eight times. Wow. So yikes. Not he's great. not at a good playoff game. No. Well... They beat the Cowboys. That's why it's going to be interesting to yeah. see what's going to happen. And you don't. And yeah. also, like a reason, like that frees him up so much is because of what a threat that Gurley is. And yeah, if Gurley's well, not yeah. himself, I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that'll be huge. I mean, C.J. Anderson, who had a really good game against the Cowboys last year, and wasn't terrible in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. or anything like that. Just he's old. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit on the chubbier side these days. He's not moving that well. They have a cut. There didn't they just draft a running back though in like the fourth round or something this uh, year? They might have Brown, been, I, I think his name. I don't know. Anyways, no. though. But well, know, yeah, fun I mean, fact, uh, I think in the last six Super Bowls, uh, either C.J. Anderson or Todd Gurley has been, or excuse me, C.J. Anderson or like Eric Blunt has been in the Super Bowl. Really? Wow, that's pretty wild. You think that that's gonna happen? Is Eric Blunt with the Eagles still? No, he was on Detroit last year. I don't know where he is this year. Oh, right. That's I, my bad. Yeah. I forgot that he went to Detroit. Jesus. You know why I thought that is because I keep thinking back now like to Goff's sophomore like the sophomore year when, like, with Wentz and everything. Yeah, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm talking about nothing right now. No. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, all right. Back to the Bills, though. What is your projection record for them? Projected record. Uh, eight and eight. Would you be happy with that? Uh, what, what's happiness really? I really don't, I mean, I don't know. know. No, probably not. Honestly, yeah. I'm not a very happy person generally. So no, I probably wouldn't be happy with it. I guess it's yeah. really deep. This is a personal question you asked me. That's fair. No, no, I wouldn't be happy. I, I guess what I mean, and I don't. That's what I expect. So I, I I'm gonna, I'm expecting eight and eight. Uh, but no, I, I really think your third year uh, together as a management pair. Uh, being in McDermott, you know, make the playoffs. Yeah. Do it. I know See, you did it once, but that was an accident. So right. You can't pretend you did that. I guess that's like my whole thing is like when I look at this team this year and then I look at like next year, like they they made, they had some good additions this offseason. Like they definitely did. Like Bean did fairly well. Um, what could be like monumentally different like this year as compared to like next year and i know obviously saying like oh well if they could draft like a receiver in the first round next year or something like that but like i don't know i feel like just like what you have now like if you're gonna be good like your core is pretty much in place to like do that and so like i said before like i would be like i'd be happy you know if they go like nine and seven and are knocking on the door and like alan actually progresses and everything but like I don't know. I guess I, it's easy for me to – what I'm getting at is, like, it's easy for me to say that now when I'm talking about them, like, critically. But when I think about it, like, from, like, a personal perspective, it's, like, just fucking win. Just win. Why? Why are you not? Like, yeah. Yeah. Teams can – franchises can do that. And I guess that's just, like, my general thing with, like, Buffalo sports. It's just, like, just teams are just, like, doing laps around, like – teams are having – there are teams that with like five year playoff droughts that like there's like oh yeah we did it again like every five years they make the playoffs and it's just like what the hell do we have to show for it you know like right teams can get in by accident and like now you have this team designed where like you took away all of the bloated contracts that you wanted to get rid of you got the guys out who you wanted to get out you have the guys in who you wanted to get in and so it's like well what's your excuse now you know and like 
seeing progressions from them and everything will be great. And from Josh Allen, like, if he proves he's legit, like, then that'll be awesome. But, like, I guess I, I, I am going to go back to that. Like, the emotional side of me, <coughs> bless you, the emotional side of me is just, like, just do it already. Just win and be good. Like, it should not be this hard. It should not. Um, do we want to switch gears uh, to the other bad team? The worst team, unfortunately. God probably. Almighty. Uh, we, not a season preview, but more we'll look at like what their roster looks like these mm-hmm. days. There's news today that Matt Hunwick will not play this year, and I already forgot what the reason was. He's sick. His it's neck. Right. His neck. That's yep. it. Yeah. Uh, he's got a tear. He's got, he caught the uh, sepsis. So is that really no no <laughs> no? But I actually I was I like mean, what? That's too bad for him. I guess he barely got to play in the NHL last year. So yeah, that's. But uh, that clears things up for the Sabers a little bit, both cap wise and uh, question wise, because they before he got hurt had nine defensemen on one way contracts. So many defensemen. Uh, nine on one, and not to mention like guys who could be like knocking at the door, like uh, Borgen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know Botteros, I mean, obviously it could have just been lift service for when they brought him in, but like, what's his name? Gilmore, who was the leading scorer among defensemen in the AHL last year. Like, he was supposed to be in the mix, potentially. Um, You know, I don't know. Well, all right, let's, what do we want? Do we want to talk about the defense and like how we think it's going to, how? Well, I'll just, I'll just give you a good over. We'll start with the defense. Because goalie is, luckily we have one position that's set on the roster. We have two goalies. Neither of them are that good, but they're both here. So deal with it. They're there. Uh, defenseman, you're gonna have uh, now you've eight of them basically right. that he either got to trade or play in the NHL. You need so. to do something. Bogosian, Deline, McCabe, mm-hmm. Miller, Montour, Delson, Risto, and Scandella. And to me, I looked at this a lot today, and the only thing I can foresee is either you dumping either like Scandella or Bogosian, or trading Risto, or trading one of those guys. I guess I don't know the hell. Or both. On. Or both. You can do both. You have Lawrence Pilot. Pilot does not need to be in the NH- or in the AHL anymore. Right. I know he's going to be hurt to start the year, and there's question about him being ready for the start of the season, but like, he, yeah. he should not be in the AHL beyond a well, couple of rehab games. Now, am I mistaken, or isn't Bogosian, is he going to miss the beginning of the year, too? Potentially. Those are the two that are like projected to miss the start of the year. But you don't know now, because Dylan Cousins wasn't supposed to be ready for the start of the year, but now he's going to be ready for the Prospects tournament. So, like... Really? Yeah, he's playing. He, he yeah, his thumb. yeah. Apparently, it was like a bad dislocation, but he said he's anticipating being ready for the tournament. Yeah, it was gross. He thinks he's gonna be. If not, then he's gonna be ready for training camp. So. Oh wow. Okay. Well, good for that's good. That's very yeah. good. Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll see him this year. Well, maybe he kind of shed some light on this. So, well, so uh, the way I was thinking about. Anyways, it, though, yeah. Bogosian, um Unfortunately, you can't really expect him to be healthy for most of the year. He just hasn't been mm-hmm. in years. Uh, Deline. Uh, yeah, obviously he'll have a spot. He's up, your right? number one, yeah. for sure. Uh, McCabe, I assume, will be around. They signed him again. It's a two-year so. deal, too, so it's yeah. not, yeah. So, we'll see a good amount of McCabe. Uh, Miller. Definite. Yeah, definite. They like him a lot. Montour, same thing. Definite top four. First-round yeah. pick for Montour, and they like him a lot. Uh, Nelson. Well, they brought him back. He's 27 years old. It's got to happen sooner or later. I I don't know what to say about that. Risto, who I think we th- both thought would be gone by now. Uh, and Scandella, yeah. who, God, please don't run. I mean, it's incredible how bad the Sabres have been recently. They could finally put out a good top six, theoretically, this year yeah. at some point, especially if Pilot's healthy and good. Uh, don't bring back Scandella and make me watch Scandella. What do you, no. I just wonder sometimes what Boschel does, because he seems like a smart guy, and then we're bringing back, not to get to the forwards yet, but we're bringing out three guys that make me think that like, should not, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, not really doing anything on the uh, getting a center front, 
And then Scandella and Bogosian are still here. Like, you got to do something. Something has to happen. Yeah, so... Uh, I know it doesn't... I mean, it, we still have more than a month till the season. So right, I agree. Yet, but, so, so, my thing, too, and I, full disclosure, could just totally be reading into this a little bit too much, um, but... And again, hear me out before the start of the sentence is going to make you be like, oh my god. But like, I was listening to the instigators a few... <laughs> no, no, no. It was like last month, though, and it was Brian Duff was on, which is... Can I, can I, can I also just say as like a side, he, like, the instigator should not be a thing and he should have his own show. Brian Duff should be like... What about Brian... Brian Duff should do like way more than he does now, and he does a lot right now, but he should do more. What about Brian Duff with a former player who's not an idiot? Oh, Say, who's already on the instigators? Martin. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm telling you right now, and I think I could speak for a lot of Sabres fans when I say this. I'm sure you too. If Brian Duff and Martin Braun were the hosts of the show, like of a hockey show that ran in the morning, like every day for three hours or four hours, I would listen to that fairly regularly. How long is it? Is it? It's two hours, right? It's um. Yeah, it's ten to twelve. Yeah, like, 10 to 12, and then sometimes they flex it when there's, like, stuff going on, and they yeah. do, like, three or four-hour shows. But I would listen to that. I would definitely listen to that. I love listening to Martin Braun talk. And you were just telling me how much you love listening to the Murph and Steve Tasker show, whatever that's called, When Bill's Live. So, I imagine it'll just be ready for you. jump just out of the roof. I'll jump five, off my roof. Five straight hours of, uh... Some little state radio Yeah, you. right. Uh, uh, anyways, though, sorry. But back to the... So... What my point was on that, though, Brian Duff was on, um, and he had said something that, again, I don't know if I was reading into it a little bit too much, but it made my ears perk, and he said that given the state of the roster right now and how many extra guys there are, he really thinks that come like the end of the preseason and the transition into the regular season, that Botterill would wave guys, wave like mm-hmm. veterans. And I was kind of like, like, who? like, well, they were talking about like the defense. And so they were saying with like Scandella, like him as like an, as like a potential person too. And the same with Sabatka. Those were the two people. He said that he thinks that he could envision a scenario where Botterill would wave both of them, which would be awesome. But at the same time, like, do I see that actually happening? No, because Botterill, for as smart as he is and as much as I want to like him and like a lot of the moves he's made, he also makes a lot of moves that I'm just like, what are you doing? And I, that's kind or of referring make to... moves. Or doesn't. What are you that. doing? Yeah, well, that's fair too. I will say, though, so on the defensive front, um, I know this has like been like a big talking point and this is going to be something that I think we're going to talk about after this, but I do think that... The Risto trade has not happened yet because of the RFA stuff. Not that I'm saying that it's right, but I do think, though, that GMs have the mindset that they don't want to make moves until they figure out what, like, is... A lot of RFAs this year. Yeah, a lot. And one of the main targets is Winnipeg, who has two very high-profile RFAs right now. That's One right. of which seems Patrick like Lyonnais and Brendan Lemieux. And Brendan Lemieux. He's uh, with them anymore, I don't even. I think he's with the Rangers now. Uh, their organization. Good for him. Um, but I would say Kyle Connor is probably a definite to get signed. I know that a lot of people are waiting for like the market to set, but he's more of a complete player than Line is, and Line is probably going to be asking for a lot of money for a one-dimensional player. Um, oh, oh, more importantly, one-dimensional player that didn't do that dimension last year. Right. He did it very well for like. Three weeks that were split out like four months apart, and yeah. that it was first two years too. Well, yeah, I mean he was great. Like he, you know, like that made it worth it. You know, like but yeah. he didn't do that 
his, the thing that he's would be paid to do really well. So Winnipeg is a team though that like it makes sense. They need to bolster their blue line more. Um, Ristolainen, like for what he is supposedly, um, comes in at like a fairly decent cap hit, I guess, for a top four defenseman, I guess, if you want to call it that, for a limited amount of term left too. So it's not like you're getting like a Kyle Oposo contract or something like that. Um, Does Bristol have three years left? I think he has two or three, yeah. Three years at what, like five and a half he's at or something like that, or six million, I think. Which like... Maybe about five and a half. Yeah, so... It's yeah, he's less than the Is it? All right. Well, then, five, whatever. Five and a half for a guy who would, you know, he can quarterback a power play and... Mm-hmm. And what? <laughs> and he... And he will face Joshua he, after the whistle. Yeah, like he, he could... He Do not some mess faces. with Grassman's first line and after the whistle. During the whistle, have have Adam. After yeah. the whistle, though, you do not want that. Yeah, you don't want um, that. Bad. But yeah, I don't know. I do think, though, that with Risto, like, I think once the dominoes start to fall with the RFA thing, I think that that whole situation that... You'll see something happen then. But that something has to give, though. Because, like, there's just no way. There's no way that somebody who is an NHL GM who is not, like, one of, like, the legitimate morons out there can look at Lawrence Pilot and say that he needs more time in the AHL. He honestly was probably their second best defenseman last year. Yeah, probably. He probably really was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so he needs to be there. He was a pro so, hockey player before he got here. He wasn't a minor absolutely, hockey player. Absolutely. Pro hockey. So let's let's talk the like let's shake this out then. So our definites who will say like deserve to be on the team and who will put out the best product on the ice well, for the team. It would be once they're fully healthy, you mean? Once they're fully healthy. Yeah. Dolan for sure. Mm-hmm. Um Montour for sure. Yeah. Miller for sure. McCabe for sure. Um Pilot. Pilot for sure. Then that gives you two spots left. Bogosian is going to be here, I think, because he's like because of his like he has you know a good hand if in the room. If he's not on IR, if he's not on IR, um, and then probably Casey Nelson, and then probably Casey Nelson, and, and then you you will have injuries, so that will give you right. Injuries. So but you want to you can't base your ro- you can't build a roster based off of predicting injuries. No, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. it give you a chance to get. Borgen, uh, to be honest, I think Gilmore. Borgen could probably be ready this year, like later this year. I think if you start him and ride, I don't know. I like him a lot. I think that he is just like, he's really, really solid and he's like a good skater for the type of game that he plays. Maybe he won't yeah. be, I'm not saying that well, he should make the team out of camp, but like I could see a scenario where like if they call him up like in January or February and like he, he looks good, he would, he could stick. Yeah. But beside the point though, the good thing is with all of this though, Bogosian, Scandella, Nelson, um, only one more year left on their deal. So those guys are automatically done after this year. However, no more next year stuff. I don't know. I have, To be honest with you, though, um, this is getting – it's Sabres related but off topic from the defense. I have a theory right now that – and I'm not just saying this – that next season is going to be the off season where – Botterill is really, really, really going to like get after it because I personally think that he has a plan with the Pagulas that is, let me get Reinhardt signed long-term, let me get Dallin signed long-term, let's get the next, at that point it would be six years of our core set in stone and then let me go crazy and do everything else because 
Reinhardt has to get a long-term deal at this point. Dolan, you need to do whatever you can to get him. Pay him eight years, $20 million a year. I don't give a shit. Get him here. Like, get him. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. But, like, he needs to be long-term. Like, for sure. Like, get it done in advance so that you're not worrying about this. Um, like, get it done next summer for sure. And you can get it done. And then, um, you know, you'll probably have to figure out what you're going to do with Pilot because his deal is up at the end of this year. Um, so, and, and then Middlestad, his deal is going to be coming around the corner soon too. So I think that Botterill is of the mindset right now that like, he's done a lot of things and has held on to people because after he gets through next year, he's going to be forced to get the future of this team figured out and the core of this team, like signed and in place. And then he'll make moves. That could just be me being overly optimistic. I fully admit that, but there's a lot, there is a lot of players, not only defensemen, but even more so the forwards who are off the books after this year. Um, so, I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. Anyways, though, sorry. I totally kind of hijacked that conversation. Yeah, no there. problem. Uh, so, go ahead. Anyways. Uh, I think so. The other thing is that if you're looking at one-way guys, there's basically 12 forwards right now. And I don't know that all of them belong on the team anymore either. And if you're Definitely at, not. Uh, guys who are listed as centers on the roster that aren't necessarily centers. It's Jack, Casey Middlestat, Vlad, Gus, Zem Gus, and Larson. And then seven wingers, Marcus Johansson, Kyle Poso, uh... Erod, Evan Rodriguez, yep. Shiri Skinner, uh, VC, and Scott Wilson. Uh, now, one Reinhardt thing, is listed as a center on the Sabres website, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, wait, where did I put him? Uh, oh, never mind, I didn't write him down at all. Yeah, Reinhardt should be listed as a winger. Yeah, uh, that's weird that he's listed. Yeah, as I didn't a list him as either. Here. Oh, that's hilarious. So eight. So anyway, they have more than they should for starters. Uh. Second, uh, Gus and Larson play in the same line. So one guy centers, the other doesn't. Larson centered last year. Neither of them should be on the team. <laughs> well, you can keep Larson around, right? In the fourth line? No. No? Not I don't think so. No. I mean, Gus... What yeah. are you going to do? Like, what are you... Wh- oh, if you, I, I you got to get rid of someone, it's you got to get rid of two guys. You go with them, Gus, and Larson. Right? Well, Sabadka, if you can waive him. Well, now you're getting into a money thing that I don't know how much they want to deal with. It's only one year, though. I would do it, but they oh, didn't yeah. even do Bogosian. I know. They didn't do Scandella. I know. Do one of these I things. don't know. One of these three guys has to go, at it. least. If you have all three of these guys going into the year, in a year where, you know, Tampa's, Tampa finished 40 points ahead of you last year. More than 40. Probably 50 points ahead of you. Mm-hmm. All right? Boston went to the Cup last year. Toronto was probably 30 points ahead of the Sabres. Florida was better than the Sabres. The other conference, Columbus got worse, but worse enough to follow the playoffs? I don't know. No, I think Columbus could still compete for a wild card spot. Washington's still better than the Sabres. Yep. Pittsburgh's still better than the Sabres. Yep. And the Devils and the Rangers got a lot better. The mm-hmm. Hurricanes stayed good, probably, yep. just as good as they were last year. Yeah. You got to do stuff. You can't mm-hmm. just go in and this, all this dead weight on your roster to start the year. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be done right this second. But it would make me feel a lot better if it was. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I supposed to Am I supposed to go with it? Like, yeah, we'll have... Zemus Gergensen's, if he plays this year... Could pass Dominic Hasek in games played as a saber. He could pass Breguer and Drury's total combined games. I'm sick of looking at him. And same with Risto. I am sick of looking at these two. He's played 420 NHL games, Zemmis Gergensen's. He get to 500. He is... He is... See, I guess that's the thing for me is like... And I know it's the case for everybody who's a fan of the team, but like... 
with, with these guys, with Gergensons and with Larson, and, and I mean, to a lesser extent, Risto, it's like, these guys have been the bottom feeders on the worst teams in NHL history. Yep. They've literally been your fourth-line players when you were the worst team ever. Well... Arguably. Gus was a first-line power play guy when they had that terrible team. You know what I mean, though. Like... You mean when the next time that they finished? Yeah, still the not, yeah, the the most yeah. recent time. But yeah. that's my whole thing. It's just these guys. What are they bringing to the team? Like, I don't know. I guess it's like I would ra- rather than Gergensons and Larson. Like, give Roostalion a shot to make the team out of camp because now there's probably no. no way that he can. Don't want to learn how to spell his name. What you? Fuck you. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that's a good. Example. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, like, what give are we? These young guys, a chance. That's what I we mean. We talked is... about Cousins as a guy making the team yet, and who knows? He he says. I mean, obviously, it's different with him saying it, but he's in every interview I read with him. He's like, "Oh, I want to make the team out of camp," and like that's probably a little bit far fetched. He'll probably get like the tryout in the beginning of the year and play like the eight games before his ELC kicks in. But like, yeah, get rid of some of these. Guys, you know what guys. I mean, Come though. On. Like, it, yeah. What? I don't know. Like this is the it, you and I have talked at length, both on the podcast and just like casually about like how they just allow guys to like log jam in the minors and then they don't have anything to do with them without getting them a legitimate shot. C.J. Smith, how much more do you need to see of him in the AHL? Well, Casey Nelson's a good example. Casey Nelson is twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Twenty-seven, as in he's like the same age as Taylor Hall. Yep. Probably time to give him a shot. Yeah. A shot. Or dump Absolutely. Yeah. Like, make up your... Like, you need to give guys a shot, and if they don't work out, go. Like, Larson and Gergensons, I don't want to resign. I don't know. Like, obviously, you need people to, like, penalty kill and everything like that. That's why like, I'm cool with keeping Larson in Whatever, but, like... But I'm not cool with keeping Gus under any circumstances. I don't know. I mean, Larson, I guess I can get because he wasn't... Whatever, but for his role. But, like, it's the same thing, though. It's like, these guys have, like, been there, like, in this just, like shithole of a culture and locker room for years like they don't know anything but being terrible and like i don't know like they probably at a certain point like it's just kind of like going through the motions at least like if if you're just losing so badly and like you are like a cog in that like that would have a toll on you and just like and the locker room like yeah i don't know i you don't i really didn't want them to bring back either if it came down to it i was like if you bring back one of them fine but like it legitimately, like, kind of pissed me off that they brought them both back. Yeah. Like, what do they give you that you can't get from... Like, what is Zemgis Gergensen's as your fourth-line left winger? Why would you want that over giving C.J. Smith a shot? Even though Smith probably shouldn't even be playing on the fourth line in the end. Like, you want to give these guys a shot, but, like... That's the whole thing, is that they just... There's these guys down there that they just, like, don't allow to, like, progress into, like, a full-time row. Like, role. Like, Baptiste, Bailey, like... They never got, like, a legitimate shot to stick. Sure, they'd come up for 20 games at a time or something, and they wouldn't... Well, not would, that many. Not even that many. That's what I mean. It's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. properly utilize your assets and properly utilize your non-assets as well and get them the hell out of here. Yep. I get real worked up about this Kind of this a recondo shit. this roster. <laughs> Anyways, though, go ahead. So more... Uh, what, speaking I mean, of guys, uh, bringing guys back... Jason Palmville, still a free agent. What are your thoughts? I would sign him. I would sign him. And, you know, here's what I do immediately. Uh, here's how I would make room. Vlad, Gus, Larson, Scandella, gone. Yep. Gone. Because people are like, oh, what are we going to do with Palmville? I don't know. Get rid of some of the guys that suck. Palmville's still okay. And, in fact, uh, the J. Crew line last year, mm-hmm. which was inexplicably broken up by our idiot coach, uh, was. Somebody reminded me today, speaking of our idiot coach, and I, this is important. 
that he put out Sabatka against Austin Matthews in three on three overtime last season. Think about that. Uh, you know, I I just the sound of silence just started playing in my head when you said that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that sucks. He sucks. He's he was a big old big old dummy. Uh... But the J Crew line was really good in terms of both creating scoring chances, actually scoring. Uh, it was better somehow than when Palm than when, when Reinhardt was on line with them, and Reinhardt was better off anchoring a second line even as yep. a winger. Because who cares? You don't have to take face Are you, you pro Samson 2C, by the way? Mm, well, uh, I guess. Sure. He's really good. He doesn't necessarily have to take face-offs. Anyways, though, go ahead. Back yeah. to your point. Yeah. Put him, I would, if, you, if he's not good enough in the first line, he's definitely a good enough fourth liner now. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have to pay him too much money. He already lives here. Yeah. He's been training with players on the team, too. Yeah. Make room for him. I agree. And, you know, people say he's a good leader. Who knows? I'm not there, but people say it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the thing, too, is, like, uh, I feel like they just kept around, like, the wrong guys. Like, I would much rather keep Pominville for a bottom six than I would keep Gergensen's. Also, too, somebody who we haven't even talked about with being in the conversation with this whole thing is Tage Thompson. Who? I know. Uh, oh, listen, I don't know if Tage is actually NHL good. I don't, but like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he should have been in the AHL all year last year, but like, who knows? What if he comes out and he forces them to have him make the team again, like how he did last year? You know, like, I just, I don't know. There's just so many questions, because then the other side of it, too, is like, well, who's playing right? Who are you moving from left wing to right wing then, too? Because you're going to have to do that for at least one of these guys. Out of Shiri, VC, and Johnson, and Johansson. You need to move one of them to right wing. Okay. Yes. So, Tage is another interesting guy you talk about with him giving him a shot. He was really good in the A last year. He probably might even be too not too good to play in the A, but you might start him there. It depends how training camp goes. He's someone, you know, even though I said he might not be an NHL guy, he might not be. He might be, though. You know who isn't? Yeah. Zemgus Gergensen. Right! So, you know... You know who else isn't? Vladimir Sabadka. Yeah, not anymore. He's not. Christ. you got to give those guys a shot. Now... Uh, do we want to stop talking about the Sabres? Yeah, before I... It's really brought us down. Go Andy Bernard well, and punch a hole in the wall. We've got some news today. Uh, let's see. Two important departures, uh, both pertaining to the New York area. Okay. Uh, Leslie Jones leaving Saturday Night Live. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I would like to talk about this. Go ahead. And the other. And Kirsten Gillibrand is dropping out of the uh, presidential election. Oh, did she formally? Yeah. Did that, like, just happen? Yes. She said she's proud of all her team accomplished, whatever that was. I don't, whatever that means. Yeah, I think you're going to see Matt. Play. All her team accomplished trying to position her to get a vice presidential bid. All her team <laughs> accomplished as much as the 2016-17 Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, folks, I think we're going to get down to a top 10 when it comes to the presidential Democrats. Thank God, dude. There's too many. Like, yeah. There's too many like pointless people. The thing that bothers me so much is just like, I think about somebody like Bill de Blasio, and I think... What kind of self-confidence does this man have oh, he's tall. when he looks at the rest of this field and then he looks back over to where he's polling and then he looks back at the field and back to where he's polling and thinks, I could do this. I could do this thing. Well, he doesn't think that. He thinks I'm bored. Well, yeah, but like he's, some he's, of them, though. I think I, I like his excuse better than Fucking Delaney, that, like... Old baby. Yeah, literally. He just looks like a baby. 
a very strong baby. He does. He's probably he's what the like boss the boss baby. baby grows up to. Oh my god, he probably is. Son of a bitch. Yeah, he's a CEO, wasn't he? <sighs> I don't care. He's like the only guy that I really he's don't. The only guy that donated to his campaign. He donated so much money. Yeah, um, and it pays off. he also was murdered by Elizabeth Warren at the last debate too. So yeah, brutal. Um, but yeah, Bill De Blasio. Now imagine all the confidence you have, right? But he's like four inches taller than you. He's got way more confidence than me too. So what? Yeah, he's four, four inches taller than me and that's way four more inches confident? of confidence. I have nothing to say about him. I like the <laughs> Listen, the debates are stupid. You don't learn anything. Come out there and entertain me. And he really, uh, he came out swinging at least. What are your, speaking of entertaining, what are your thoughts on Marianne Williamson? Hey, that's not entertaining, man. That's serious stuff she's talking about. <laughs> My favorite tweet of all the debates, and it got, it went viral during both of them, was, I think it was um, Pablo Torres <laughs> tweeted like, <laughs> Like, Marianne Williamson's really doing an amazing job when you consider that she definitely ate an edible right before she walked out on stage. Fun fact. So let's, let's bring us back to pop culture. Marianne Williamson lived with Laura Dern. Really? When Marianne Williamson was 32 and Laura Dern was 19. Huh. Okay. Right? So two things you learned there. That's super weird. What was going on with that? Yeah. Second, Marianne Williamson does not look bad for someone in their mid-60s, mid to late 60s. Yes. Yeah. Inexplicable 1940s accent. Uh, looks 20 years younger than she is. Uh, that was good. And she hates the Prime Minister of New Zealand. So get on board. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know. She's no less serious than, not going to name any names, but someone who just comes out and is like, well, I'm going to use this gigantic moment in history uh, to stump for tax advantage savings accounts. Or whatever. Anyway... <laughs> I will personally be hosting a debate with Bill Well, Joe Walsh, Donald Trump, and that other idiot who's running for president. Uh, and anyone who wants to watch, come watch. I would really pay to see that. Yeah. Can you? Imagine, are they gonna actually do debates for the Republicans? Probably not. I don't think Trump would agree to it. I don't. I don't know if they ever do because you know there's been primary challenges of sitting presidents before. Obviously, right. I wonder if do you think like Reagan debated Gerald Ford in '76. I do wonder. Probably no, not. We probably have that information accessible to us, but I don't feel like looking it up because no. I don't really give a shit about Ronald Reagan. So yeah, They're both dead. In fact, Teddy Kennedy primary Jimmy Carter. Hmm. And the winner of that one was Jimmy Carter, both in that he beat Kennedy in the primary and that he's still alive. Wow. That's huge. Double. Yeah. <laughs> Inexplicably. What's going? On? Yeah. Can anyway, it just can be you, like can you the goddamn politics all the time on here? I would it literally would get so much more dark than oh Buffalo yeah. Sports. That's actually a very good point. Like if we did, and I was, uh, uh, you know, I feel like at this point I just try and just like block myself out from it so much. Like I can't. You're just I two, very two plastic spoons on your eyes and go. I'm, I'm blocking out the. Well, haters. no. I mean, like I very rarely can like get through more than like seven seconds of a Donald Trump speech. Like, very rarely I can, you know? Like, it has to be, like, well, a quick clip and done. This whole time. I thought that's why we weren't talking politics yeah, on here. Yeah, definitely that's why, for sure. I love babbling racist morons. I love it. Yeah, who also definitely, definitely have dementia right now. It is going to be interesting, and I'm not going to name names, but I think there's another candidate that's doing pretty well on the Democratic side who might also be suffering from a, a touch of the a touch of the brain soup. Yeah. Uh. So that would be Don't interesting. Don't even get me started Who on knows, him. man? Who knows? 
hope we're not alienating anyone. If we're alienating someone, yeah. please know that uh, this wasn't actually us. We're being uh, <sighs> impersonated. This is a deep fake. Deep fakes are getting really big these days. and Oh, yeah. What we believe politically is whatever you believe. Yeah, definitely. If we're stick to sports guys, obviously. Duh. Follow us on Twitter. You know that already. Uh-huh. And if I ne- it seems like we're not, we're being hacked. Yep. Neither myself or Taylor has ever tweeted about politics or have even spoken about the fact that, you know, that if, Joe if, Biden sucks. Not anything like that. If you see that I worked... Yeah. If you see that I... You know, there's some resume out there or something on LinkedIn about how I worked for uh, – I worked on Ted Cruz's uh, 2016 presidential campaign – failed campaign, by the way – or his 2012 Senate campaign or personally wrote his 14-hour speech uh, when he filibustered in, in front of Congress earlier this decade. It's a lie, vicious lie. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't do all of it. Not me. Different Taylor Nigrelli. So different one, yeah. Hmm. Also, real quick, hey, college football doesn't start, but most teams start this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Already started. Uh, who's uh, who's your national champion? Oh boy, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. <laughs> the look. Oh man, if there has ever been a time in the history of this podcast that I wish that we also had video, it was right in the moment that I just said that with just the look of horror. On Taylor's face right now. That was amazing. <laughs> was, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, this is a circle of life thing. So, no. Notre Dame was last year. So, they're not going to be. They're ranked ninth, aren't they? Oh, please. Yeah, come on. That's even no, that worse for them. Whatever. No, I'm going to say Clemson. I think yeah, I think that Trevor too. Lawrence is just like too good. Well, I, they beat Alabama by four touchdowns and they're bringing almost everyone back. Yeah. That bodes well to me. As a sports analyst yeah. and a college football knower, mm-hmm. uh, that seems good. I would say that's good. I would say that definitely is a good thing. Yeah, I'm gonna. I would definitely say Clemson though. Um, and hey, here's what do you think? Do you think Clemson as well? I think they're the favorite. I think they're the team to beat definitely. And I. What about the Vols? Uh, they're certainly a team that will be beaten. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's one. The Vols will. The Vols will be bowl eligible this year. Hundred percent. Really? Yeah. What were they last year? Five and seven. I was going to say, I knew they were around like 500. Yeah, I, I mean, they can obviously do that. I looked at their schedule. Their their non-conference is super easy, so they better do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, going, going non-bowl eligible two straight years kind of sucks. Not a huge fan of it. And if they go 6-6 six and six in the SEC, they get a bowl easily. So there's, I think, 40 bowls this year. So hmm. everyone who's 6-6 six and six is going to have a bowl. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, but I do really, I don't know if it's a hope or you know whatever, but I don't want another Alabama-Clemson national championship. Someone please step up. Yeah. Uh, and it shouldn't be that hard because really you need just one – one of these teams just needs to screw up a little bit and lose a game. Maybe two games. What about Georgia Clemson? No, nah, I don't want it. Don't want it. Uh, how, yeah. how about a new team? How would – not Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma hasn't been to one in a while. They just keep losing in the semifinals. Right. I don't even know. I mean is there anybody who's like – Hey, someone surprised me. Someone I can't think of. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'll tell you who's probably not going to be based on last week's uh, games. Florida. They yeah. What's that? Not great on offense. Mm-hmm. Not great. Their defense looked kind of ferocious, though. Like nine or ten sacks yeah. on Miami's See? quarterback. Notre Dame will be moving up already. What are they ranked? Who, Florida? No, Notre Dame. Ninth. And Florida's eighth. Oh. Well... Ah, uh, maybe. Who knows? Who's our game playing? Uh, who do they have? Like Oberlin one? High School or something Shut like that? Shut up. Oberlin High School. Anyways, though. 
Um, I kind of want to see them uh, in a in a big bowl game this year, Notre Dame, because I always enjoy when they're in a big bowl game. I do too, but for different reasons than you enjoy when they're in big bowl games, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you suck. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, anyways, though. Else? You, you thoughts on Leslie Jones before we go? Yeah, I uh, I think that Leslie Jones style Leslie of comedy. Bones Jones. Leslie Bones Jones. I think that it's her style of comedy is more conducive to what she wants to do, which is movies and stuff, as and TV, as compared to doing live sketch comedy. Well, she's hosting the new supermarket suite. Right. Yeah. So I think that that would be good for her to do that. I just don't think that she was like... I felt like she just had a very... Not a good fit. Yeah, not a good fit for like SNL, which is fine. Like Some people just like are super funny and they do stuff after. Like Tim Robinson's like a great example. Tim Robinson. Um, and did you watch I Think You Should Leave? I did, finally. Oh, it was man. great. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be good. I'm excited. I think that they also like... I mean, for one, like Woody Harrelson and Billie Eilish is like a really, really good first show. And I think uh, Eddie Murphy hosting the Christmas episode is like must watch television. Like I'm Absolutely so, wild. so, so excited about that. What's the last time Eddie Murphy did? 35 years ago. No, no, no. Anything. I mean. Oh, oh. Uh, when he was on the SNL 40th anniversary special. Yeah, count. He just came out and said hi. I don't know. It's actually. been years, right? Let's see. Norbit? It would have been movies, right? Yeah, I think it would have been Norbit. Would, uh, I hope it wasn't, but... Let's see what it was for Eddie Murphy. What was his most recent? Well, they're making a Coming to America remake, which is cool. Yeah. Um. Alright, let's see here. The most recent thing he has... Oh my god. His most recent thing, besides him... Being a guest of honor in 2012 at Eddie Murphy One Night Only, his actual acting credit was, <coughs> ooh, excuse me, was Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular in 2010. Well, he's got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, he did. Some people have a lot of money. And before that on, uh... was 2007 Shrek the Halls. Okay. And before that was 2004 Father of the Bride, all as Donkey. Wait. What about Norbit? Norbit was... Oh, that was television. My bad. Uh, I was looking at television. Mobby, everybody. Um, no, Norbit uh, was... Earlier, he actually has been in some stuff. Um, he was in A Thousand Words, which was in 2012. He was in Mr. Church... Oh, which so was yeah, 2016. That, oh, just, just that year, the year you graduated high school? Yeah, 2016, though, he was in something. And then, uh, let's see. Yeah. Norbert has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. 9%? It was also released in 2007, earlier than I thought. Feature song was Don't You by the Pussycat Dolls. Wow. Oh, also, that one thing that he was in in 2012, he was nominated for the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actor. Well, hey. <laughs> Um, also, before we go, I I Shrek forever. I, I thought of all the movies I've seen this year. You know, the year is two thirds over. Craziness. Know? Yeah, or it will be at least in a couple days. And I was like, I thought we were going to talk about. There's a thing we thought we were going to talk about that I think we're not going to talk about yet. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll save this for later. But I would say I looked at the list. And there's, I would say I've seen 17 movies in theaters this year. Really? That's no, pretty solid. Well, hold on, no, 15 movies in theaters. Two other movies that also came out this year. Okay. That's how I watched at home. Um, so. Uh, I have, uh, I said, which one of these are you going to take with you, do you think? 
you thought, like, these are four really good movies that are going to stay with you and you're going to think about for a while. And you remember going forward. No, that's impossible to predict because you never know. Maybe you see another movie a second time. Mm-hmm. You like it more. Or maybe a movie sticks with you more than you thought. So here's what here's what I'll, uh, I'll give you. Go ahead. Front. Us. I'd silly to see that. Booksmart. Midsommar. Midsummer. I kept saying it wrong. I think it is Midsommar, fancy. isn't it? I don't know. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are you know, the movies I think will stick with me. Although I liked a lot of these Not Avengers Endgame? I mean, I don't remember this experience. Definitely. Damn. I will. Seeing it two what about Spider-Man? The Spider-Man. It was fine. All these movies that we saw together. We didn't see Spider-Man together. Did we not see it together? No, no I No, what else go. did we see together? Um, Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. Solid. Solid movies. So there's Let's go see movies. another one together soon. Hey, you know, I just saw Annabelle Comes Home. I'm not going to watch that. I'm just going to put it out there. Got to say, it was scary. I saw it alone. Yeah, I'm not going to. And my girlfriend was on vacation. So I, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to go home and sleep alone and walk out here in the gallery. I'm all parking lot by myself. Uh, and hopefully there's no creepy doll in my backseat. Shout out for not getting murdered. Proud of you. Yeah, well, don't be so presumptuous. Well. Anyway, it was... it was. Uh, I'm very conflicted by that statement right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> you think you're conflicted. <laughs> It's, I think the sixth or seventh Conjuring movie, sixth Conjuring movie, maybe. Anyway, yeah, it was I legit. Really been the best one. Really, it was spooky. I thought they used things well. Did you see the first Conjuring? I did. Uh, I saw it with our good How long, friends. When did that come out? That was like 2013. Yeah, that was re- that was honestly one of the rare horror movies that I saw in, that I would see in theaters. I'm not a big scary movie person, but that one was like legitimately good. And spooky. Very spooky. Yeah, I thought this one was good. I thought Conjuring 2 was pretty good, too. Conjuring was very good. Uh, I saw it with our good friends Torn and Mike Griffin. And oh. Spooked out. Wow, TBT. Yeah, I know. Shout out to Mike Griffin. Shout out to Mike Griffin. And to Torn. Congratulations to Torn, also. I yeah. haven't seen him in person. Taylor's brother just recently was anointed a <laughs> New York State trooper. Anointed, yeah. Anointed was probably not the word for that, but I went with it. Yeah, well, anyway... Uh, with that. Oh yeah, Annabelle comes home. So you in Conjuring, this is just this is not spoilers for anyone. This is just the pitch for the movie. Remember in Conjuring when he's being interviewed, uh, Ed Warren, yeah, Patrick Wilson's being interviewed by that reporter in that room with all the scary stuff mm-hmm. and it's all haunted. It's like, what if all that stuff was active? Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I want no part of it. I'm not yeah. going to watch that movie. Well, I want you to remember tonight when you go to sleep. I'm. You will definitely not wake up in that room inexplicably surrounded by those cursed objects locked in there this is our last podcast ever everybody uh <laughs> i said you won't all right uh well Whatever, everyone, i'll man. leave you with this uh summer's almost over so i i have a huge suggestion you should go outside go outside i agree bit. you yeah. should go outside going outside is good and fun and who knows maybe if you go outside you'll see us outside and we could talk about things that we talk about yeah Usually, you never even told me what you thought about Saturday Night Live and Leslie Jones. Oh, uh, mm, yeah, she didn't fit. I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I don't know. I. It's weird, because Lauren fires a lot of people. You're like, how could you do that? Yeah. How could you get rid of it? Well, I get it sometimes. Like, Norm MacDonald would not stop making OJ jokes yeah. on Weekend Update. <laughs> like, I guess we got to get rid of this guy. I think that was a mistake. And then they got rid of Farley and Sandler because of the network or whatever. But how do you get rid of Tarim Killam and Jay Farrow? It says years of Meta. Yeah, I that I did not so much get. To the show. I did not get that at all. Anyway, this will be a weird year. No Keenan, right? 
No, Keenan's back. Oh, Keenan's back. Oh, yeah. And oh, Kate McKinnon just signed on, too. Okay, good. Keenan's back. Well, I might watch. I didn't watch the second half last year. <clears throat> I very sparsely did. I, I have my reasons. Yeah, of course. Well, a good thing. No Alec Baldwin. I'm pretty sure he's not coming back as Trump, which is probably for the best. That got old really fast. <clears throat> it was cool when it first happened, and then I was kind of like, all right, beating that dead horse. Um, but yeah. I like Daryl Hammond's Trump. Yeah. He was good. I'm curious to see who they're going to bring on as him this year, or who they'll have as him. Bring back Daryl Hammond. He's good. Yeah. He's, he prepares well. We like him. He captures the essence. He's good Bill Clinton, which is, uh, I don't know. Not useful Classic. anymore. Well, yeah, true. Also, uh, we might... Listen, you might hear some rumors out there about why it took uh, us a month to record a podcast, and it was not because we were hot in the trail of Jeffrey Epstein and that whole case, trying to solve it, getting our notebooks out, writing things down. We didn't just get leads. back, yeah. No, we didn't solve it either, <laughs> unfortunately. Something happened at the last second that stopped us, so we're going to... Not keep at it. We took a turn here. Yeah. Anyways, though, go ahead, carry on. I, I'm interested to see where this is going to go. We're not going to not keep at it. Tell me more. What else were we doing? Uh, <laughs> just, just like, like fuzz plays over the speakers. You just hear like <laughs> background like silence. Just a uh, little monotone beep. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, good to good to talk to everyone again. Yeah, and then I think we should talk about it again briefly because we we talked we I think formally kind of announced it last episode, which was I think two or three years ago now at this point. Yeah. Um. But we are actually starting an exclusive Sabers podcast. Um, that is a part of a larger network, the Hockey Pod Net, Hockey yes. Podcast Network. Yes. Um, bunch of cool people, and the way that it's going to be set up is that uh, each city with an NHL team is going to have like their own. Um, hosts for that team. And Edmonton, um, too. And Edmonton, hey! as well. Nice. Well, we're never going to have those guys on our show. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> hopefully did not listen to this Hopefully far. not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're really, really, really excited about that. Um, so yeah, Taylor and I were super flattered, and I would say legitimately surprised when we yeah. had gotten hit up about it. Um, but excited. Very, very, very excited. So um, once the hockey season gets started, it's probably... I would say you'll get a little bit less Rick's views, but we're going to be cranking out um, at least one episode a week, probably more likely two episodes a week, um, all yeah. things Sabres. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be having guests on from um, other markets across the league besides Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Edmonton. Um, but it's going to be great. And so not only are you going to get you know our take on, on the Sabres, you're also going to get um, – other people's podcasters takes uh, on teams across the league, um, you know, while they're on the ground there in those cities. You know what we didn't bring up, and I'm, I'm going to try to I'm going to salvage this and make us not look like idiots. We forgot the defenseman whose name I can't pronounce that we traded for. for Shit, dude, Henry Yoki Haru. He out. He. God damn it. Him like Lawrence Pilot has no business being in the AHL. They're both ready. Yoki Haru. Yeah. So that's another person right there. So yeah. like, I'm gonna we could close on this. The top six then. Ristolainen, Montour, or Ristolainen, I meant to say Rasmus Dahlin, I got oh, my Rasmuses. Ah, God damn it. All right, correction. The defenseman should be the top six when everyone's healthy. Dahlin, Montour, McCabe, Miller, Pilot, Yoki Haru. Yep. Well, that's that, folks. Right? We're excited. Yeah. Should we say the name of our podcast? Yeah. After uh, you. Blue and gold makes Dahlin. 
Oh, yeah. We'll have more updates on that soon, so you guys will have to follow our social media and whatnot for that. But, uh, yeah, any, any last thoughts, Taylor? Um, that's it. Okay, great. Well, hey, everybody. Hey, Thank you all so much for listening. We're excited to be back. Um, like we said before, the summer is a bit of a break for us, but once the hockey season gets rolling around, you'll be hearing from us a lot. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, um, save us on, on iTunes and SoundCloud and all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, thank you all so much. Uh, as always, this is Rick's Views.